Hey, guess what? It's time for another episode of Ask Mom and Dad. I'm supposed to remember to. You're supposed to remember that because we call do out it. my name. I do first. that with. There's so few things in my that? life that actually engage in any regularity whatsoever, but for some stupid reason, <laughs> I'm not trying to say I'm irregular. I want to be real clear oh, about that. No, yeah. Okay, got that. Yeah, what's well, well, a, a show that. with a male unless there's some sort of humor about defecation? <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, hi. How are you doing today, Tanya? <laughs> I'm doing okay, or at least I was. I was doing fine until you decided to be crude. <laughs> I can't help myself. Some things are just in their rawest natural form. It's just me. Anyway, this Can is a show on? where each and every period of time, sometimes lacking a period because we might have gotten busy and forgot about it. Okay, so where we try to come together every week. Uh, sorry <laughs> about last week. We got a little busy. Be, and uh, Yeah, we got, they just got weird last week. Busy schedules. <clears throat> yeah, with the holidays coming up, it could be even worse. We don't know, but happy pre pre Thanksgiving, um, and uh, stuff coming up that way. Um, and we try to get together and we talk about things that have to do with questions that are asked of us the way most moms and dads are asked questions, where they're not prepared or have very little opportunity to research things. Although I have a few topics to bring to bear today just because I thought they were kind of interesting. Or just because your kids them. actually want to know because now they're adults and they care. Because well, yeah, we were years ago, they, you know, said, oh, just... Stop, Mom and Dad. We know everything. So well, we kind of we're sort of in the middle phase. Is the first phase yeah. is your your mom and dad are the creators of the universe, all things great and glorious. Mom and Dad have done that. Mom and Dad then teach the kids. Oh, you mean like when you're two or something? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, Mom and Dad then teach. Yeah, when you're two, Mom and Dad then teach their children that they're not the creators of the universe. And then about the time the kid turns thirteen, the kid comes to realize Mom and or think Mom and Dad are the, could stand to know a little bit more that Mom and Dad have more involved to do with their universe than they realize. And they, and they, and about the time they turn the kids, that is 21, 22, they start going, we need mom and dad. They know more about the universe. I don't think it's that early. It's not that early. (laughs) Unless they're married with kids, which is what we're trying to experience. Although ours are finally there and they've, it's, they're all, uh, the ones that are asking are actually over 25. So I don't know. (laughs) We are very, very lucky to have, Kids that care about us and want us in their lives. That care. I'm going to get my groove here in a little bit. I'm just trying to get you mean into my groove. That care for our opinion. I still say it's the ones past 25. We'll see when the ones under 25 come to that point. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, they care about our opinion. Like, you know, what's our opinion on the password to the Netflix? Right. That, that's true. Good point. That's true. That, that's, that matters. So anyway, with all that being said, I, I got a couple things I wanted to bring to, to question today. We are, um, we did announce this last time, but we have found out that we are going to yet have been, yet have been <laughs> Yeah, you have coffee. I probably need something <laughs> directly in my veins. Now I've got, yeah, I do actually. Watch this. This is what it looks like when I drink black coffee. Oh, you're gonna? Don't you spit it out? I'll be upset. That's actually pretty good. Right. Myself. I See, you're getting there. You're gonna convert me into a B C D hmm. black coffee I'll drinker. Okay. Um, so anyway, we're going to be grandparents again. And because we live in the modern age of technology and all that kind of stuff, we know that we're going to be the grandparents of two more grandsons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so we've been blood testingly told. told. Yeah, which is a little more secure <laughs> than the other ways, I guess. So. Right. And so I, I made me think, for some reason, I got up this morning thinking about children's names. And um, we do have names. I think the kids have already told us what the kids' names are going to be, right? Um, I've forgotten one already. One of them. I'm not positive Charlie about the other one. one yeah. Yeah. I, 
they were non. We're not going to announce names. that on this because we were we don't not know. necessarily yeah. told to. So. Well, I think one was going to be named after Willy Wonka, and um, I don't know. In other words, we don't. But here's the thing: I I was thinking, wonder what names are really trending now, and so I decided to look into this, and I'm going to share some information while I'm in. I want you to look at these are the names. This is 150 unusual baby names, is what it says on this little article that I found by um, in. Uh, Parade Magazine, because Parade Magazine is the author of nothing. I mean, he's the, the <laughs> expert of nothing. But I, just look at this real quick, and I'm going to share this bit with you real fast and see some of the interesting names that are here. But let me let me tell you this while it's going on. And there's six pages there, so we can share it in a second. But I just wanted to talk about baby names for a minute. I thought, what was what was the most popular names, Tanya, when I was a kid, and when you when when our parents were trying to think of what to name us. And so in 1966, we're going to give away our ages a little bit here, like entirely. Um, we, I was, you're, you're younger than I am, so it's important to know that. Um, oh, so you're not really. <laughs> you were born in the year after I am on the mm -hmm. calendar, 66 and exactly, 67. Exactly, which is all that matters. <clears throat> exactly. So in 1966, my name, Gregory, was number 23, the, number tw the 23rd name in all of the rankings of names. That's technically your middle name. I know oh, that, but it's the one I go by. There, I'm getting, so I'm okay. getting there. So it's your nickname. So, so I was ranking kind of low, but my, <laughs> but my, but my first name, James, was the number three name. Ooh, the number three name. Aren't you special? And so yes, and so it's actually weirdly, not. You were one of many, is what it's saying. Well, <laughs> what's weird is though, if you take Gregory and you take the people who didn't think to add O R Y to it and just put the Gregs in there as well, which ranked around 125. That's another 2,500. It brings me up a space to like 20. In the list. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it brings you up. Meaning, there's that many more of you named. You're you're more of a wash in the system, <laughs> right? I'm a common exactly. Individual. You're you're an encouragement to me, and I, I really want you to know that as a human being. As opposed to mine, go ahead and uh, I, I know talk you, about you're, mine. You're right. Tanya, on the other hand. <laughs> That's Tanya spelled with an O. Right. Um, oddly enough, people think your name is spelled with an A, which mm -hmm. is weird because for the 1967 ranking of the Tanyas, <laughs> Tanya was ranked number 68 in the list with 4,309 people bearing your name. Parents who thought Tanya is an interesting name. Now, more interestingly now, is your middle name, Rache. I thought Rache. you said that was the list. Rache. That was where it was on the list. You're saying it was what? Your position 68. Oh, okay. And that's how many people. And what was Greg you know, on the list? Twenty-three. Greg's twenty-three, right? Well, and and Roche, on the other hand, that. your mother was just out there. There is mm -hmm. no recorded Roche in yes. the history of mankind Excellent. or womankind. Actually, now we know there's at least two more. Kind. Yeah, there, yeah. So there's. We have there's a hand Roche and a like Coffee. Well, I don't want coffee <laughs> now. Um, so anyway, um, no, I'm not going to keep drinking your coffee. I have my own drink. But I was like, wow, that actually didn't taste bad. But okay, sorry. <laughs> So, for the record, Tanya, the name that you're constantly most mistaken, mistooken for. And I don't know why they do that, but that was like 132 and only 2,000-something people, odd people, wanted to name their kid It was Tanya. that much further down the line? Yeah, that much further down the line. So, the T-O T -O is the more common spelling of it. Like, my name, I think, came from, or the popular names were like uh, Tanya Tucker. and T There was a few, you know, ones that were born about the same time as me, but they got really famous. But I was thinking it didn't come from there. That's not what I meant. But I was thinking TA was a lot more popular. So that's interesting that mine was only 68 Well, on the list. So let's just real quickly. Who TA were the big winners? The big winners in 1966 and 1967. The big winners for the boys were Michael. And for the girls was Lisa. 
<laughs> and the weird thing about again that means there was just a lot more of them 60 right? odd thousand so those Lisa's, poor kids yeah. who were in the classroom with about three other of the same name yeah it's really well, not great <laughs> Eighty thousand michaels so yeah there was a whole lot of michael <laughs> yes michael here michael here um michael, uh, yeah michael brian michael wayne michael, yeah, middle well, name. it wasn't get this so it, this is 1966 and 67 it wasn't mm -hmm. until 1970 that that michael remained champion but lisa was overtaken by jennifer mm -hmm. okay and then eventually so michael stayed mm -hmm. that long yeah, Michael oh, hung on that long. And eventually Michael succumbs to Jacob in a wrestling match um, <laughs> on his way to the top. Uh, that's and that's cute. about mid-70s. But, but he holds on for quite some time. And then last year, <clears throat> get this, la well, last year the number one name was last year, Liam. Last as in 2000, as in 2000 no, excuse me, 2018. I'm sorry, it was 2018. Liam was number one for boys and Olivia was number one for girls now prior mm -hmm. to that 2016 so a couple years back tw uh, two years earlier noah was number one for oh but you had a boys. cute little segue to that and you didn't stick it in here do i know you had a cute little segue well it's there. interesting i'm getting to it I mean, so <laughs> noah and then emma was there so basically what we found out is that michael boys don't change their names a whole boys names kind of endured girls change names about as often as they change shoes and <laughs> oh come on that was funny uh -huh. um Where's my Where's my laughing? Uh, uh, there's no, okay, anyway, so <laughs> no, <laughs> there's so it's about as often as they change shoes. I'm sticking to that. It was a good line, but <laughs> um, when you think about that even more so, you have um, so no. Uh, what hangs on is Michael hangs on until Jacob wrestles him down, and then eventually Noah floods in and, and washes him out. So yeah, that's my you did line. better a while ago. I know, but still, you get the me. idea that there's still some <laughs> biblical fluidity. Oh, okay. in, the, in the names there. See, I have the puns. They're there. I'm I'm loaded with puns. Now in 2021, the current race is between Liam holding firm with Mila. Really? M I L A Mila is the name. Again, girls just can't seem to be stable. But in I anything even heard a sexist. Well, wait a minute. Say. What happened to Sophia here? You didn't. Oh, Sophia was Jacob and Sophia in 2012. Mm -hmm. So Jacob, Jacob kind of comes back and forth. Jacob is a fighter. Um, he really does. Yeah, he he, he continues is. to wrestle it to the ground. So anyway, so what you have in front of you now is the most 150 most Odd. unusual baby names in 2021. So it was mm -hmm. it was just in this year. What are some of the baby names there? But they're and I was not thinking, unusual if you hear them a lot. Like Forrest, it seems like we've got Forrest Forrest Gump. That's like number what 30 something. Yeah. I don't know if those were ranked or not. I think they were ranked. Like no, they're alphabetized. Yeah. Because Ari, Aspen. Mm -hmm. But you know what I don't what, what what I see here, and I was thinking about this is we had naming in the in the you know conversation here back in the '60s and even earlier than that. They tended to be more rooted in biblical themes: Jacob, yeah. Isaac, Isaiah. Although I saw that in here, I think there's the Chinese XO, which I wouldn't know would be like Cho, which is the he, which is Chinese for um, a favorite of Yahweh. So um, I thought that was kind of cool, but I mean, what you know, this is a, this is supposedly an Anglo name list, but you know, so but there's like Oakley. To me, you're naming someone after a shoe brand there, um, and it, it seems that there's more and more the presence of names that have to do with cultural uh, yeah, pop definitely. culture trend rather than something that's a little more rooted like what we see in, in older days, more biblical things. So which tells you that there's more influence right now over people in culture mm -hmm. than there is in uh, religion. 
and those kinds of things. Because Michael endures for a reason, right? Michael's both a saint and an angel, right? And so if you take a look at that, that makes a lot of sense that Michael would be an enduring number one name for a long period of time. There's a lot of religious influence in that. Same thing would have been true of Lisa, I'm sure. Um, no, I don't think there's a Saint Lisa. Um, <laughs> Mona? Mona Lisa, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, know. Well, I, that's I kind of surprising because I would think that Mary would route rankly. So, I even Mary might have to 30 recently. years previously. Well, definitely she has at different times. Yeah. Right. So, it was just an interesting thought. I, I hadn't I hadn't considered too much about the naming thing. So, let's let me ask the obvious question: What are our kids rooted in? We know I can you know I can jump the gun on that obviously and, and say all of our kids are biblical names, but they have meanings, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about some of the most should we say, what are our favorite kids' names, meanings? No. What are our favorite kids? No. Are, who's our currently most favorite child? What are you actually child? trying to say? I don't know. Tell me doesn't... a little bit about what you think about kids and names. Anything that was interesting in our naming journey? Well, when I took it very seriously, or I, I felt it very heavily, I guess. And I don't know about you, but there were some meanings um, given to us, and then there were some sought out. Uh, when we named Josiah, that was because our something that we had in common and a, a dear um, uh, musical source, I guess would be a way to put that for us had just um, passed away not too long before mm. that. And we decided that because he had named his oldest son, Josiah, that we could also, um, that would be Keith Green, if any of y'all know or are familiar with that. But the story, he and his um, oldest two children were killed in a plane crash. Uh, plane crash. Anyway, but then we realized that it was also, um, I mean, we knew, you know, of the king in the Bible. But it's, it was almost like he gave you permission to give some of these weird names, mm -hmm. gave us permission to get a weird name out of the Bible and apply it. Then it kind of became a trend. It seems like even Josiah, we, my kids both know, or both, my kids know oh. a couple of other Josiahs <laughs> is what I was trying to say. Both my kids. Both is now a <laughs> but anyway, fluid yeah, term. <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> Um, and then Hannah was one that was always a favorite. Oh, what I was going to go back to say, I loved the fact that when we named Josiah, he was, there was a strong character in the Bible. It wasn't just a pretty name. It was the fact that the reason Keith Green had even named his son that was the strong nature in the Bible of a king who was crowned at eight years old, who really turned the whole kingdom back to God for a short time. Um, but was strong in that, yeah. you know, he was very, uh, so it was less about the story stood out, what the name meant, but about what the character did or who the character was. Yeah. Well, and I love the idea that if we homeschooled, um, which was all, always our plan that they would have someone they could kind of study about and maybe has, have as a hero to think of you know, following in their footsteps a little bit. Other than to make Jesus um, their focus, it's nice to have someone else that you kind of learn from or that you have things about them that you might try to attain to, especially if you have a namesake like that. So even though I would love to have named all of our kids, you know, a family member name or something, we, we just didn't really, I didn't really feel as compelled toward that as I did toward Bible uh characters who had something that they could study something they could look at and um learn from you know and, well, each, and each one of our obviously children had from the bible the itself names, right? because the bible is what we wanted to teach them from so 
It wasn't like you were getting out some sort of family paper and looking at it, you know. Well, and, and of, all, of our children, Noah's name obviously is still enduring in the race, even to this yeah, day. Yeah, even though he's know. the one I fought. <laughs> I didn't really want well, he's he was much. he's a bit he, he's a bit of mind of his own. I, <laughs> I wanted his name to be Malachi. Remember, our oldest kids didn't want. Our, well, our kids rebelled because once we awed them yeah. all to the point. <laughs> but uh, but you said so the it was I, the reason I brought up Josiah was in what he was or who he was. Um, that wasn't necessarily true with um, Micaiah or with Elijah. Um, and because Elijah was was his name means what is it, um, son of the desert or um, mighty man of the desert mighty but, man of the but desert. But what do you mean? Well, I mean because there is definitely heroic. Well, his char- the character in the, in the Bible, Bible itself is powerful, but 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 he was a significant time in our lives where you were going, you and I were transitioning to a desert ministry, a personal spiritual desert. But there was something about the fact that this child that had not yet been born, who has no memory of our Manitowoc years. Um, is the mighty man of the desert? You know, there was it was there was something in the in the names ascribed meaning that had some power and encouragement to us as well. Not just what the character did, but the, whereas it, that wasn't so much true with some of the other names is what I'm getting at. Does that make sense? Am I wrong? Yeah, but I mean, Elijah's one of the the most uh, veered prophets in the Bible. So one of the most revered prophets. Yes, revered. Whatever. Yeah, veered would mean so. well, he was also <laughs> veered. people veered around him a lot. I'm okay, sure. Sorry, <laughs> no, that's okay. It's this is what happens when you record later in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. No, I, the, the reason I'm saying that is there's something significant about naming, and we live in a society where it seems like everyone is allowing children to evolve we've let evolution become a thing to where parents don't take responsibility for the fact that a child's first identity is given to them by their family Mm -hmm. um and we we see that in uh in the way that sexuality is ascribed uh which is an unfortunate thing parents some some of them are like we're not going to give them a pronoun or you know whatever until they grow. So but there's there's no child there's no child if if a child truly is a blank slate, they're going to draw. And I'm not saying that they completely are, but I'm saying but when they come to the world, all they know is the people in front of them, their parents. The first thing they see is their mother and their father and their brothers and sisters, and that's that's their immediate world. And they begin to immediately draw identity from that. And if a parent um, is not going to, by giving the first thing, you give them a name, and that name means something to them, so how they recognize themselves, how they recognize that they're the ones being singled out in a group. And by the time Elijah was born, he was an individual being singled out in a group. Um, to you know, what we talked about, what the names mean to us, why we named them that. Um, but as there's as they grow, because I remember we told our kids what their names meant and why they were important. I mean, like you said, you wanted them to know the Bible characters that and what they stood well, for. Yeah, but it was more, and I don't know if we've even discussed it with each individual. We should have. Um, I feel like at times I have, but it it was heavy to me that, like you just kind of said, God had already God already knew what this child's name was, and I wanted just to know what his name for them was. So it was it was kind of a seeking of what do we name this child, but it was it was not just where's a pretty name, what is, you know, whatever. It was a heavy prayer thing to me um, for us to kind of sense what God was going to do or, or lead. Um, and yes, to kind of ascribe an identity. Maybe that's that's not probably the way to say that, but to give them something that at the very beginning would have something to frame their their life, their existence a little okay, bit. So you know, where because I, I wanted it to come straight from God, and I believe He had already decided that. So I just wanted to hear what He 
wanted for that to be you know well and and that's and that's where i'm coming from with the question is is where we we you and i as parents approached parenting in the concept of these are our given responsibility by god it's our responsibility to form them not to let them form you know, it's it's kind of like our society today is kind of like says, oh, or to you know, guide what? them is how I would put it, right? That's well, what yeah, we to see. guide them, but train okay. up a child, train. Yeah, train to, to shape. Right. You're you're looking to see how the child's bent uniquely, what are their gifts are, or how they're how they're wired. You know, my son, um, one if one son wants to be a car person, another one's more of an artist. We've got you know both of those. Um, and while I'm stronger to help with the artist side, the car guy's got to figure it out his own by and large. But the um, you know these these are the we help them the in the, as far as what their skills are and how they might contribute to the world. But as to who they are and how they identify in this world belongs to the parent. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Not not to the child. A child is going to go through a various, uh, for, to use more modern term, fluidity of identity. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to be everything at one point. You know, Josiah well, was, gonna have Josiah was a boy. Then we had three girls. Um, well, Josiah's grown into a man. He's had no questions about whether or not he's a man. Um, but during the time that he was raising with girls, he was sometimes a better mother or, <laughs> you know, or, or player with dolls than they were. Um, he wound up dancing ballet. He wound up doing all these things. <laughs> it, we didn't give him a, a lot of freedom to decide his own sexuality. We didn't give him the freedom to decide whether or not what, what he thought a man looked like. I looked at the scripture and I said, this is what the Bible says a man looks like. Just like we do with the girls, what the Bible says a girl well, looks like. Say- it's my responsibility to, to lay upon my child a biblical definition. Yeah. And and what say, I'm saying is we don't live in a world that's doing us, that. Yeah, to us it was a given and a an obvious that our child wouldn't need to question that because God had given them already their own identification, their gender, their everything about who they're going to be. We're praying, I guess, that we would train them up, like you said, in biblical thought and and worldview, so that they can understand what God intended and His best is always best for them so we were praying along the way that god would shape that in them and like you're saying maybe have other influences which are fine but not not stronger than what the bible said about who they were so we had a foundation that was larger than us you and i did and that foundation governed how we named our children it governed how we raised our children whereas today we're living in and and the reason i brought the names up as I go through these names, I mean, Alaska, Bodhi, <laughs> Candace, which interestingly means rhythm flow. Um, there's nothing wrong with some of these names. There's Indian names here. Um, Cora, Dara, Daxon, Dawson, Dixie, which is, I think that's racist. Um, and uh, But you know what it means in, in Latin? It says it means I have spoken. Um, uh, galaxy. So all of these names are not rooted necessarily. They may have some meanings. Um, there was one I thought that was interesting. Ember, <laughs> Ember meaning spark. Or they're they're not bad names. And, and, and there's some good ones in here. And and our children have even taken the road of some unique naming things this, with. There was one with was um, Greenlee or something, and Evanlee and Greenlee. These ones that are, yeah, they're just so in, such different origins, I guess. Or yeah, they, they come from. There's a lot of different things in here, and um, I mean, one of my grandchildren's Woodland. And, you know, that's, that's an interesting name. It's, it's not, I don't know if it's in the Bible. I never looked, but I'm pretty sure I haven't met anyone named Woodland in the Bible. Well, there's trees. There are trees. Yes, there are trees in the Bible. And the woodlands of the, um, of the, 
hills shall clap their hands. <laughs> um, so anyway, it, there's a whole lot of things. And like even in this nameless, Caleb is a Hebrew name meaning whole heart. And there's, there's a lot of cool things that are going on there. <laughs> but the point of the matter is it seems like less and less names are having, are coming from a, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a, a, a trustworthy source, but a, a biblical a source, meaningful a, a, mean, a meaningful source. And they're coming from more of, a, hey, what's one? trending in culture? And so we're looking for the outside, the culture, the population, the pop culture around us to, um, to influence or inform what's important. That's the danger that I'm concerned about, which brings mm -hmm. me to the second thing I wanted to talk about real quick this morning, which is, I want to treat this like a straight up this morning somewhere. <laughs> <clears throat> it's morning somewhere. It's five o'clock somewhere. It's uh, anyway. Um, this was updated March twelfth, twenty twenty one. So it's an older story, but it's it goes to the idea of what I'm saying is who is it that is telling us what is good or bad for our children from how we identify what their idea. Our child draws their identity from who their parents are, from who their parent, what they, what we say is important, but more and more so with more and more screen time to the fact that every time my grandson comes over, the first thing he says is, can I watch something on your iPad, grandpa? Um, he doesn't call it that. He calls it my, well, he does because he corrected me the other day when I said tablet. He said, it's an iPad, grandpa. <laughs> so to that thing, to, you know, where are we drawing our values from? And um, <laughs> I don't feel like kids, well, you can go ahead and read what you were going to well, I, I don't a, really think they're as... Uh, adoptive of those values they'll question them and they'll cause them to question their parents possibly but your parents are the most influential right now but that's what I'm I mean, saying they still are. that's exactly what I'm saying though because what we've done with our parents and societies I want if I were to give a message for what I want to say in, in this moment parents you are responsible to help set the form around your child so his concrete can find itself solid. If I go and pour concrete out on the ground and I don't put a form around it, it's just going to spread out on the ground. It'll be thin and brittle and it'll break as soon as you try to put something inside of it. Yeah. But if I want a post to stand and to build on that concrete, I put a form around it and then I can set that post in and it can dry. And then when I take that form off and it's dry, it's useful. Yeah. So if, your if you want your child worse, to be crumbled you, and to break under pressure, then say. just... Or worse, Whatever. if you make that child go find it themselves, they're going to build what out saying. what's easiest. So they're going to pick sand, likely. So. <laughs> right, right. And, and that's what I'm getting at is the parent's responsibility mm -hmm. is to give the child formation or something. If you don't give your child some kind of form, someone else will. Yeah. And so the, this is the, so this article um, is entitled 10 Outdated Disney Movies Parents Won't Show Their Kids According to a New Poll. So some of them including, and Elijah, you might get a kick out of some of the dangerous movies that Disney has out there <laughs> right now. So we've all enjoyed, so Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, Moana, Moana, Toy Story were all hits. We've got a major Bud Lightyear, Lightyear fan in, on our hands, but when it comes time to watch 1953's Peter Pan, there was this instance struck we were struck how outdated it was i certainly didn't remember all the racism and sexism between peter pan telling wendy that girls talk too much the guns tinkerbell trying to kill wendy over jealousy and treatment of native americans what makes the red man red seriously i was happy when my son walked away to play with his toys and i just wasn't that into it to be fair peter pan it's kind of bad to teach kids to just go away with a stranger you meet well there's <laughs> but that's a different that's moral story <laughs> yeah you shouldn't go away with strangers in your window but the point of the matter is is obviously this person is concerned about something other than whether you should get in a car with a stranger right so <laughs> it goes on so so wait I'm, but here's the point disney plus even just placed restrictions on some titles including 
Dumbo, Peter Pan, Swiss Family Robinson, the aristocrats, to prevent children under seven from viewing them on their own profiles. What is wrong with Swiss Family Robinson? <laughs> this, is, this update comes as part of Disney's campaign to review its library and release appropriate advisories, like the addition of content warnings about racist descriptions in some older films on some oh, of its classics gracious. to flag outdated stereotypes and racism. Parents now can still allow their kids to watch these movies from their profiles, the adult profiles, because those are adult movies. I'm going to list for you these adult <laughs> movies here in just a well, few. Well, hopefully, you know, one angle on that isn't so bad. Parents should be watching movies with their kids anyway. They shouldn't let their kids just watch whatever. So on the one hand, to watch it with them, hopefully not to counter everything they're watching. <laughs> but that's what it sounds like they'd like them to do. So what happens is, on these programs that the parents watch with the kids, it says... This program, this is before it comes up, you know, like when they put the, the violence warnings mm -hmm. or this may be graphic for two families to understand. Well, here's Disney's Or don't uh, uh, replay this film for money or whatever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, that's, that's because they want to protect their money. This is because they want to protect their sense of social credibility. Yeah, this guess. program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Disney is committed to creating stories with the inspirational and aspirational themes that reflect the rich diversity of the human experience around the globe. I just think it's interesting that they think they need to do this, as if nobody has ever taught their children the correct way to view people or behaviors. Why all of a sudden are we needing to be instructed to do this? Because apparently there's a few out there that they don't feel are doing a good enough job of this. This is what it feels this like. This is my point. This like is what I'm getting at. Is That's why I said, yeah. said if I were to give out one thing that I think parents should be aware of is you're responsible for forming your child. If you don't, somebody will. And so Disney's taking over here. Oh, now get this. Yes. What is the worst film, the most racist film that Disney ever put out according to this article? Is it not Song of the South? Because <laughs> we think shot. it would be. Uh, Pinocchio. <laughs> Pinocchio, Song of the South. No, it's Dumbo. Song oh, of the South would be hey. obvious, but Disney pulled Song of the South a Completely. while back from its did. library. It's recently been reintroduced to the library. I was going to say, even though it's those, based on a classic that the black community would hail as a great, a wonderful story, not necessarily. Well, I don't know about today's black community. Maybe well, it was. There. Depends on who the, to the, thing, the thing that is interesting is most of the songs that uh, are in that particular, like you mentioned, Song of the South, the one song I grew up with, Zippity Doo Dah, was one of my favorite. I mean, I still mm -hmm. sing it, hum it to this day. And the, the stories and tales of Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Br'er, I read to the children. They just mm -hmm. used to love listening to me try to read it in dialect. <laughs> And um, I got pretty good at it after a while. So there's, there was just, it was fun to that. And truthfully, anyone growing up in the South knew that's how people talked. It wasn't like I was making up dialect. It's the way it sounded in the day. But Dumbo, and I, I think of the Dumbo, it's the only one that's got the crows in it that are singing. And that's uh, the remember. Black Crows. And I, that's a, I think I've seen it once. The Black maybe. Crows is a rock group. I'm not even sure if I've seen the whole movie through. <laughs> well, Toy Story 3 also has got low rankings, as well as any of the Amer the, oh, like Moana, gracious. Pocahontas. All of those have, mm -hmm. because of the stereotypes that are there. Instead of honoring those cultures, they're going to rip they're them seen down. As, as they're seen as terrible. It was. But again, it was culturally appropriating Did you things. tell us why Dumbo was... It, Do we let's know see what why? it said about Dumbo. That's what I was looking. I couldn't remember if it said um, Dumbo's hands down. Here's the fullest of movies parent rank from least to most problematic. And then for some reason, there's a big hole here in my notes. So the printout didn't put that in there. So it doesn't tell you why they're No, it just says, uh, 
should be good opportunities. So some parents are going to allow or even encourage their children to watch. If that's the case, these will be good opportunities to talk to your kids about racism, tolerance, and diversity. Here's the thing that gets me. Like I said, I cannot think of one don't. time I never didn't. I never didn't I, that I failed to talk to my kids about the importance of what actual, actual correct morals and thoughts are. That's exactly what I just said. I, I don't understand why they assume that we are not. Well, here's another thing. Because they assume whoever they is is assuming that we don't have the same cultural mores or whatever it is that that ever that they deem correct or it's just sad to me because who of us don't try who of us serious as past parents don't try to guide our kids in in correct view of the world and of the of the um, people around them and of you know, whatever, and well, and apparently who a have, lot are among us. Apparently, I mean, apparently they need to. But here, here's something uh, interesting. We are saying whatever office, happens, whatever. don't give your child an identity, don't shape your child or form your child in any way. <laughs> but let me do it for you, and so we won't give your child an identity around their, I guess, sexuality. But we're going to tell them that they can't appropriate certain cultures, or that they can't watch certain movies, or they can't. They, don't. Don't and here's what I'm trying to say is don't tell your child they can't decide for themselves what they want to be, but they cannot be this, which yeah. is the opposite of what isn't the opposite. But we so basically they're saying don't do this, but do this. You, you follow what I'm saying? There's an inconsistency in the logic. Either well, you let the child flow freely, or you don't. The the sad part of it is though they wouldn't do the same, or maybe they would handle it similarly with a sort of um, uh, view on God. It's almost like. Uh, it used to be that there were theories taught in school, the theory of evolution, the theory of creation, whatever, so that you, the child or the student now could it's a choose. Of um, yeah, could choose what they want to believe because really, it's about most of it's about belief and the the foundation, like you said, of our belief is that all men are created by God, all creatures, but definitely all humans. So. They're loved by God just like I am. Right. They're, you know, someone else. So I'm not going to treat them any differently than I've been. Plus, we most of us grew up with the golden rule, which used to be literally called that because a lot of cultures like the United States saw it as the utmost of rules that we all should follow. Do unto others as you'd have them do to you, which is from Luke in the Bible. So it used to be that that was exactly what we taught. It's interesting, like you're saying, that they think that we now have to be instructed by them. But let's leave out the reason. Let's not give a foundation to that because that would be violating someone's rights to tell them that God says, you know, he loves other cultures or whatever. I mean, because in other words, if you want to take that angle, sure, uh, all students should be taught that God, you know, created us all and we he loves us all um, equally. And because of that. We're all it's a level at the cross. We can all come to Jesus, you know, and, and He will receive us into His kingdom. But most of this is about what they're. We've been trying to talk about this today, some and yesterday with our Bible study, about how they're trying to get to God on their own and create their own morals anyway. So I guess well, this is what this all. God, little G, in the sense yeah, that exactly. you know we're trying to come up with. What is it? What makes us good if, enough? <laughs> if by the definition of God we mean, where do you bow down for your ultimate source of information? Because that's mm-hmm. what a God is. It's what you bow down to. It's what you put your faith in. Well, and it's, what makes it's us who you put good your authority enough? Into, question right? or quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. Know? And and so what? Our modern it. society is saying we want to put our um, our faith in 
this, well, we've had the industrial revolution, we have the scientific revolution, we've had the the knowledge data, and we now we have so much data. Now it's it's literally the concrete form has come off, and the concrete just spread everywhere. And so what we have is all of these different ideas that are brittle and break under pressure. Well, and, and like so I'm culture saying, is informing us too much. Giving yeah. culture has too much authority. What well, used the to be that has too much form. authority. The um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, what used to be that form to me was the fear of God. That's what I was trying to say. There, yeah, there was a form. Was there? There was something that transcends. We what we were talking about earlier, you and I today, was that we we make mistake. I believe sometimes in as as religious leaders, as Christian leaders, in that when something new comes along or something that comes along that appears to contradict us, rather than doing what I think Jesus would have done, which is more along the lines of what any parent does when a child walks up and states emphatically, "This is the way things are." A parent goes. <laughs> You think so? Not really. Yeah. That's interesting. And they don't fight the child because the parent knows better because the parents lived longer. I think sometimes we look at God and go, this is the way things are. And God goes, you think so? I don't think God reacts with with a, with a fire and brimstone immediately back or we'd have been wiped out a long time ago. But I think that we as Christians sometimes have responded to cultural things like the, the um, we, we, we talk about evolution, the theory of evolution. We, we battled it rather than going, interesting. Let's talk about how that relates to you know, we, we decided to make religion a competition um, with it and, and, and engage in, in, I think, the wrong battles. Jesus never stops being Lord, no matter what you think or, th and I think the important thing, theorize or call, you can call it what you want. Who Jesus is in the midst of it doesn't change. Well, like the Bible says, there's He's big enough to handle no fear or of God it. in their eyes. So they have to go as far away from acknowledging Jesus or acknowledging that there's someone they need to see as truth. They have to go as far away from that as they can in order to stand on their own two feet, supposedly, or be, you know, right? Because the fear of God would cause them to realize there's someone else that they are accountable to. There's something bigger than they are. Like you said earlier, we we understand that we are beholden to something greater than ourselves, and so that puts us under authority and causes us to need to be understanding of that bigger picture. They. Right. They don't. They don't want that. So we're going to cause our create our own morals, or you know, create our own ways to God, like you said, little G God. Well, yeah, and so yeah, that's that's what I got. <laughs> I, I just I was I, I think that we need to put into our understanding as people who have a foundation our for our foundation foundation words our foundation is something greater than all of us is is Christ. And you and I have come to understand that. And we found that the cool thing about that is, believe it or not, our lives have been stable, not because we have tried to figure out anything, but because we have just kind of continued to lean into Jesus and say, you know what? When life doesn't make sense, you do. Yeah. And I think if you don't have that in your life, you can say, well, you know what? When life doesn't make sense, science does. Well, not yeah. every day. If life doesn't make sense, engineering does. <laughs> oh, oh, that changes. Life doesn't make sense, my financial stability. Okay. If life yeah. doesn't make sense, culture change. Uh, if life, you know, the, the, everything's yeah. fluxing. Everything's so now even gender fluxes. Now even even whether or not Disney movies have got any legs under them fluxes. There's some things that are terrible, but this is no rise of the third right movies coming out of Disney. You know, this isn't you know Hitler's Mein Kampf films being made the cartoon the disney cartoon mein kampf was never made the, the things that we're praise the lord <laughs> no there was not there was a kind of there's there's never really been in if it's in a blatant obvious thing and i i get the argument for like song of the south 
Okay, it was very stereotypical. And I think a warning like that should be something that could be a thing. But it's not It's not necessarily um, some of the things that we're putting slapping labels on nowadays. It's like there's no room for us to just make a story and tell a story about a culture. I don't think there's anything culturally inappropriate. Well, again, they're just they're making in some of deals these out of some sort of uh, moral code without without God. To me, that's what I think. Yeah, I'm thinking. Um, Paul says, therefore, I mean, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are we are is known to God, and I hope it is also known to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you, but giving you cause to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast. Um, not about outward appearance and not about or but about what is in the heart for if we are um beside ourselves it is for god if we're in our right mind it's for you for the love of christ controls us because we have concluded that one has died for all therefore all have died and he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves but for him who for their sake died and was raised the bottom line is everyone living for themselves has to make their own morality that's exactly what i mean unless they can acknowledge that they don't uh, have an accountability because we've we've also said if you don't if you aren't under a God who is powerful and can bring will bring judgment then who is your accountability well they they kind of act like this humanist thought right. that we are all our own accountability that doesn't that doesn't hold any water at all they're no, not going to be able to teach children from that to crumble yeah under, okay so let's you, we talked about this and I know this is a little bit what you wanted to talk about today in um in some do regard, to, to, huh? Do we need to? Uh, yeah, we can take some. We're good. We're good. Okay. Um, is the idea that um, when our foundations aren't right, things crumble, um, rooted somewhat in what we're seeing in, in, I guess it's called deconstruction. Yeah. Theological deconstruction. And some people that have been in leadership. <laughs> and I, I was really kind of torn up about it because I've seen a couple things happening in American Christianity. When you look at um, the powerful, in other words, celebrity pastors people who grew up and you see them then become corrupted by that kind of celebrity celebrity is a corrupting influence if you don't have a good grounding and so we've seen a number of times where that's caused crumble which causes the culture to question the validity of everything that's represented but amazingly jesus has managed to endure through all of that and continues to do so even 100 years from now when you and i are still whole new science field is out there battling and a whole new worldviews out there probably nothing that we thought think is true today will still be true except for jesus will still be true <laughs> that's right but when we see this deconstruction thing, it seems that, and you were realizing this, and I and I agree with you, I've seen the same thing, that what happens for people who wind up deconstructing their faith is it seems that something other than who Jesus is has become their focus. Yeah, that's exactly right. So why don't you right. talk about that for a second? Well, um, just listened to a podcast the other day with one of these so-called, quote, celebrity, kind of Christian. Uh, Christian who enjoyed some celebrity. Contemporary, that yeah. Who decided he needed to tweet out his decision to walk away from the faith. The problem with that is he can't tell the whole story. So he's been on lots of different interviews with some different uh, you know, Christian leaders that we're familiar with. And it just, yeah, the one I listened to the other day, like you said, it was exactly, it was very obvious that he had not, still was not wrestling with what the truth of Jesus as Lord, Jesus as what I want to say, master and truth um that's that takes a submission that does not take an uh, to me there is no understanding there that's belief you know you you may not 
understand, quote unquote, all the Bible or, or get through theological concepts really easily. But, but if you accept by faith, the Bible says, Jesus as truth, the way, the truth, and the life, um, and no one comes to the Father except through him then that's the answer. So everything else you can wrestle with. I was reading 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 3 and it kind of sums that up that there's a veil over our eyes of of the ministry of death of condemnation which was the 10 commandments, you know. So a lot of people feel um that sense of right and wrong based on the 10 commandments which God gave us mm-hmm. to help us understand that we are sinners <laughs> that we cannot accomplish this goodness or this it ma- the law rightness. makes us the law makes us aware of why death exists yeah exactly and so then past that because that brings death we cannot save ourselves by being good so jesus came but the problem is the people who will not accept the sacrifice jesus made then there's still this veil over their face over you know their view is skewed of who God is. So then until un- the uh, this one passage says, but when one turns to the Lord, then the veil is removed. And now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I believe that when that veil is removed and by faith, because God's, um, the salvation comes through Jesus, we're, we're by faith accepted into his family. Now we can wrestle. We've been talking about Jacob some now we can wrestle with all those other things that are kind of inconsequential but god will show us the ones that are important you know right but the veil's over our eyes so now that we've walked into the holy of holies now we have a relationship with him now that's the only real focus like you just said we're out of focus if everything else is too important um to even get past that veil so i feel like that's exactly right the the podcast i listened to this man, you could tell he wasn't dealing with Jesus. He was dealing with lots of concepts, lots of spiritual truth, which we in the Northwest feel like we've knocked our heads against on every side. These people who think they have a handle on spirituality or, you know, a sense of like this this new age understanding of I can be spiritual without Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. And you may tap into some... Uh, eternal understandings but you're not going to get there you're not going to have an understanding that's clear and that's true until you accept jesus as the lord as jesus as the way to that understanding so i think the (laughs) because the the bottom line is it's a similar theme it's a theme that you like you said you've heard that same theme every time they they want to build they want to build up these theological concepts about heaven or hell or whatever and put up some roadblocks about to me about all these different concepts even like you're talking about racism or sexism or uh gender issues or or well we make it about stuff and beliefs rather than about a relationship i'm i love you i've been married to you for 33 years going to be on 34 years right and get the numbers right coming up in uh, march next year uh i don't know how oftentimes i describe you as uh, by the things i disagree with you about or agree with you about even (laughs) i think i just i'm in love with you and and i want to be around we disagree about a lot of things and we can hard disagree i mean we can definitely (laughs) but i don't want to destroy our relationship because i can't find agreement with you on a thing now and again i don't have to have perfect agreement with you to be in a relationship with you and i think that if if that's the prerequisite that i put in my relationship with human beings 
Because I mean, goodness gracious, if I had to agree with every single belief from everyone I dealt with and kept them in my circle, it would be a really small circle like me. <laughs> um, well, and God has never said. And I'm a pretty big circle by myself, but nonetheless. The, yeah. So you, what I'm getting is, we have to agree with God only in the understanding that we are not good enough, that we are sinners that have fallen short of the glory of God. So that's right. the only thing. So what thing happens though is we leap off onto the what are the sins. Mm-hmm. We leap off onto the the you were Jeremiah Corinthians three for Second Corinthians three. So we leap off onto the law that kills, right? So we say right. here's all the terrible things. Sure, that's important. That's all there. It's a guidepost. It's a form around the concrete. But God doesn't come along and and wrestle with Jacob all night long and say, hey, here's all the things that I need to know about you. He he has every time he encounters his people, he he's trying to engage with them. We we talked about. Um, Cain and Abel on Sunday, right? And it wasn't it wasn't that God said to Cain and um, you did this wrong. He he said, "Hey, something's up. Uh, take this offering and let's set it aside for a second. Why are you upset that I said no? Because God was trying to get at something deeper there. It was a relational action that God's making towards His child. It wasn't a you're a bad boy and yeah. you did the wrong thing. That's not yeah. what you can take away from the text. Because the question that God asks him is not a question of how terrible you are. He says. What's going on? Why are you acting this way? Why are you responding this way? And we know what someone, what's in a person by how they respond when they face resistance. Sorry. Yeah. Again, that per, that Cain tried to bring that offering, or what I can see in that passage, on kind of from his own, aren't I good enough, and got angry when he wasn't good enough, rather than it being, like we said earlier, about the offering itself. It... It wasn't about God. It was about he. He was all of a sudden offended that he wasn't good enough. <laughs> I think that's the wrestling match and what I see in in the world today. They want to be good enough rather than just submit to the one who is, and then the Bible says then his righteousness is, you know, superimposed on us and we become the righteousness of God. So it's just so cool how we don't have to be good enough. That's the whole point. We don't have to measure up, and all these different rules don't have to be. They don't actually have to be that form you're talking about, but the minute, fear of God and and the truth that we must um, acknowledge that maybe that is the form, you know. The, but the the law, Jesus came to fulfill it, so He is the perfection of that. And when we trust in Him, then He will flesh that out. We have to agree with Him, and that's where they they disagree because they start to say, "Well, but I don't." I don't want a God that looks like okay, that. Okay, well, I don't know that we even have to agree with him in the way that... Well, uh, I mean, we have so, to say ways. he's God. We, we don't can't. have to like that he <laughs> yeah, sees the world exactly. the way he does. He made the world. He can see it however he wants to. And, well, um, and he can put forth the rules he wants to. The problem is... Wait, wait but here's where I'm, I want to go. I'm going somewhere with it. Um, in, the, in the sense that, is it okay if I don't agree with or like the yeah. way God's going to do things? Um, can I still have a relationship with God? And does he love me anyway? Can I love, I, what I was trying to say earlier is I love you even though I don't always agree with you. And I think you love me even though you don't always agree with me. It's not worth busting up the relationship. We don't break up because we don't agree on some things. Okay, okay. but that's, there's a, another angle here though. He's God. So we submit to him. I know that. And I'm not that's fighting with what you on I think, that. I'm, I know, I'm, but I'm that's trying. what I think they're struggling with. Who's going to be God? And what I'm saying is that's an over-focus 
on the wrong thing. Absolutely it is. Okay, that's all I'm getting at. But they have decided they'd rather be God than submit to Correct. the one who has decided that. how it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, I completely understand that. And I'm 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 just saying for the sake of this conversation I want to just I'm just trying to to nail down that what's happening in this is people are getting lost in the law, the tablets that kill, the stone mm -hmm. that kills, rather than well, what the whole want... point of the gospel is, yeah. is that the relationship that God wanted to have with Adam and Eve in the garden is renewed in Jesus, and it's still about relationship, even if you don't completely understand. Right, well, understand wrestle is what I was going yeah. But I think it's still... It makes no sense to me that God it's... wants to judge something some way, but that doesn't make sense. He's yeah. still God. It's not my problem. He There's still wants There's a stopping me. point, though, we've heard in several of these conversations. There's a stopping point. They put a wall up when it's something that they probably either they feel challenged to consider giving up, quote-unquote, or saying that God won't accept them if they don't give it up, or this or that. And most of the time it has to do with sexuality. It's it's a belief. It's a somehow a belief, almost like a you have to take a bath before you can be cleaned. And instead, if they would just step over into cleanness and, and trusting Jesus to clean them like they are right now, He will walk them toward Him. But it's the the trust factor. I think is where they stop. They decide, no, I don't. I don't want to trust God that he knows what's best for me because this is what I want. And therefore, I'm not going to submit to that God. Now, right. let me form him over here and I'll do this God. Or I'll call it this or that. Right. And including in this conversation, he kept calling it Christianity. Well, there's lots of different angles on Christianity. I was like, uh, Christianity has the word Christ in it. That's Messiah. That's you my point. You have to believe this is, yeah, this that the is, Messiah That's where is I'm coming from with all of this. I'm, I'm merely saying is when people are losing their faith... They're throwing away a relationship because they don't understand. They don't like some things about it, and and I think that's trivial. It it shows a shallowness of character. You don't like the fact sure. that you're the person in your relationship who has way more knowledge, way more understanding, a vaster concept of the consequences of, what of is certain good, things. Even, of what of, is good for yeah, you? Yeah, consequences of of, <laughs> of a me. little bit of bad or a little bit of good. We talked. To, uh, we were talking the other day about what the word sin means and how it's translated. Miss the mark. Well, that doesn't mean a whole lot if it's from here to across the room. I may miss the mark on the bullseye, and it's just right here. But if it's 100 billion miles, that mark's way off, <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't even come close. So there, it's really, really important. And when mathematicians do math and they try to calculate you know, how to get the Apollo 13 around the moon and back <laughs> home without stuff, they had to get those calculations. They couldn't miss the mark. They couldn't afford to, or people would have died. And so what I'm, I'm getting at is, People are throwing away a their yeah, relationship the with Christ whole. because they don't understand something or they don't like. And what I'm going to say hear, that when, yeah. when they say they don't like something, I say it's because they can't understand it. And they want to understand. I want to understand why I disagree with you on this so I can feel better about it. I think it's selfish. Well, sure it is. But it's also because they've decided they will be God instead of him. Yeah, absolutely. That's, and that's ultimately what I mean what they're by saying, it's, what's being it's, said. Instead of understanding that trusting him means that his love for them is bigger and broader than they could ever understand. So trusting him, walking toward him, and letting him show them that his love for them is bigger than these issues or these stop places that they've decided. That's what makes me sad because they, they won't allow his love to overcome those things, to, to love them better then they could understand love themselves. And that's that's basically what I guess we're, we pray as we go to be messengers of hope that God is there for them, but 
they do have to choose to walk toward him rather than away. Well, and, and I think, I guess another way to put this or to add to it or to say it from a, say it again, we succeed in relationships when we choose to build upon what we agree on. We fail in relationships when we begin to only focus on what we disagree on. And I think the same thing can be said about our relationship with God. We can build on that. And well, and the more we, let me put it this way, the more we work on what we agree on, the more we work on the upside, you were saying life, building a relationship with God, then the more we're going to find commonality and the more and more the things that are of old are going to fall away. And so if we... Okay, I, I would understand that a little differently. I know what you're saying, but I would say it in uh, this sense because I'm actually of that personality. There are things in the Bible that I can't read. They're too negative or too difficult or they confuse me enough that I think what you're saying is, for now, I'm going to set that aside, God, because I don't really get what you're saying there or what how that could be your character or what in the world that story means. I was dealing with Ezekiel this last week and I was like, oh, I don't even think I need to read that. I just do not get that. And it's not a picture of God the way I understand. You know, I, I just don't get it. I don't right. understand what God was doing through Ezekiel there. But that does not mean that I'm going to walk away from God because that didn't make sense to me. I'm going to say, God, you can show that to me later. I'll understand it at a time you want me to understand it. Right now, I'm going to go to something I do understand. I'll read a little bit of John, or I came over to Corinthians, or whatever. I'll go, you know, to my other four places on my list <laughs> to try to find something he's saying to yeah. me. Because right now, that wasn't for me to understand or hear. Yeah, and I'm saying is that what you meant by in common? Because I don't have anything in common with God in reality, other than knowing that He well, loves you're me. You're made in His image. It's so, a pretty big okay. commonality. So knowing that I, He loves me, though, okay. what I've had to train myself in—this is what I'm trying to say—I get what you're saying because what I've had to train myself in is not to doubt Him or cause that to bring up doubts in me about Him. Instead, I doubt myself first of all, but because I don't understand. But oh, I trust yeah. that he still loves me, and eventually those things will make sense to me. I just I don't have to understand those right now. Okay, so what you do is you set right. aside that which is negative. Right. I can't reconcile this. Right. That's and you saying. focus on what is positive. I understand this, this, and this, and this. And so by focusing on that, this you hope eventually will come to light for you. Yeah, okay. You do that with I me in our said, relationship. Right. right. That's I am I'm rephrasing it back to you. But that's that is exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying if we focus on what we share in agreement with or in a relationship it's an agreement and we have commonality in this then because what you have in common with god is that he made you in his own image you share his you share the ability to reason to think there's things that are that are unique to humans that we have in common with god so even the lost person when we're talking to someone who doesn't have a relationship with christ or he doesn't even know that story of jesus because i meet people like that more and more all the time they still have that root commonality that they have the capacity to reason, they have the capacity to have the conversation and to consider these larger-than-life things, and so there's a starting point there. We focus on that in an evangelism relationship in order to build on their knowledge and understanding so more and more they can come to a point where we can talk about Jesus and hopefully see people come to know the freedom that you and I have in Christ. As we, as Christians, in order to become less and less deconstructionist, we have to focus on what we know. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Well, if we want to have a relationship, it's not about getting into heaven. So important here. That statement doesn't say, no man comes to live in the house with me. except <laughs> No, he does say at another point, I'm going to go build a place for you. But it's not about that. It's so we can be together. 
And so it's it's still about that loving family relationship. One day we'll be playing our favorite board game, which will be appropriate for all ages in heaven. Yes, maybe in a place, but it'll be where our father is. And so we don't break up with our beloved, our relationship, because we have disagreement on what we think he thinks or she thinks about it. Same is true with God. We shouldn't break up with him. It's not about obeying rules to prove ourselves or to demonstrate we're right. It never has been. God created us to walk in relationship with us. And if we don't lose sight of that, we can do what you do. Set aside some struggles in order to move towards a better understanding, trusting that eventually the things that are that are dim or dark understand hard for us will eventually make sense. So then if somebody comes to me and says, well, do you think blah, 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 blah is going to be in heaven because they've, they've done these terrible deeds? My response is, I don't know. Do they have a relationship with Jesus? Because I've done some terrible things of which will not be listed in the comment section below. <laughs> and I'm still in a relationship with Jesus and I'm thankful for who he is because... Well, like Regardless I said, of those terrible things, all he loves me anyway. Is take us into that relationship and remove the veil. The rest of it is is us seeking him and, and sen- sensing who he wants us to, what he wants for us each day. You know that relationship, coming back to him every day, coming back to, and always coming back to him because even in our confusions or our sadness or our disappointments or our anger even that we can always come back to him like a loving father definitely okay bring it around and close it up ready so we started talking about identity how we name our kids (laughs) what that means to us we named our kids with some sense of depth and meaning because what we named them they had meaning to us at the time and the kids grew up some of them grew up into their names even they even live out their own names you know um but uh, we gave them identity, and we hope that they'll grow up loving us in return and, and of, in that relationship, because the most important thing to us was our kids, not what they did right or wrong. And the same thing is true in a God with us. He gave us life. He gives us identity. And the most important thing to him is that we're in a loving relationship, not whether we're perfect in it. He gave us Jesus to alleviate our fears surrounding our mistaken behaviors, our brokenness. That's what Jesus does for us. He sets those things at liberty. Now he's covered that for us. And so we're okay. And so identity, what are our names? My name is Greg. I am a child of God. I am, um, I'm loved by my father and I love my father. And I'm grateful to God for that. And I'm married to a woman who is not, I'm not her first love. She's loved by God and she loves God. And he's fortunately let her have a relationship with me so that she can also love me. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Anything, Dad? Amen. All right. That being said, we should be hearing some cue music to say goodbye Should now. And um, thanks for listening. And I hope to hear from you. If you want to text us or message us, you can text us. Like a question? Yeah, you can send us a question maybe. at um, greg at sawyerclan.org um, or tanyas7 at sawyerclan.org. Um, otherwise, we'll do this again soon. I noticed I didn't say next week. We'll do this again soon. Take care. (laughs) Bye-bye.